0: Welcome to Teaching Artist Podcast, a show dedicated to discussions of teaching art to kids, making art, and how those things overlap and feed each other. I'm Rebecca Potzaghiere, your host, an artist and educator. Thank you so much for listening and for sticking with me as I very sporadically release new episodes. This one is number 99. Ah, the next episode, number 100, will be a special community episode. Now, I intended to release it about a month ago as an end of summer slash back to school celebration, but life got in the way. It's been a very hectic summer and back-to-school time for me, juggling a lot. It's also been an emotional time with continued attacks on women's rights and threats against bodily autonomy. It is exhausting. Make sure you vote and do whatever beyond that you're able to do. I, for one, am very much looking forward to the upcoming Adding Voices conference. You can register at www.addingvoices.com. The conference is October one to two at Moore College of Art and Design in Philadelphia. There are also hybrid and online options. I'll be attending online because I can't make the trip. Registration is just $10 for folks of the global majority. White allies can register for $25 and it is free for all students from any high school, college, or university. If those fees pose a challenge, scholarships are also available upon request. Adding voices, conferences, and workshops center the experiences and expertise of art educators who identify as Black, Brown, Indigenous, or part of the global majority, creating a safe space for professional development, leadership and networking, and prioritizing social justice and equity in art education. There will be so many incredible speakers and sessions, including a keynote from Jen White Johnson. I am grateful for the opportunity for Teaching Artists Podcast to be a sponsor for this conference. It is such important work. If you haven't yet, go register at addingvoices.com. Brenda Pressel was inspired to become an art teacher from a young age, but was told not to pursue teaching by one of her art teachers whom she respected. She talked about freelancing as a creative and working across disciplines to make a living as an artist before coming back to teaching. It was inspiring to hear how she continues pushing forward and challenging herself as an artist while also becoming a better teacher. She shared how she connects with students and sometimes struggles to make those connections. We also got to talk about her process and materials and how she's exploring ways to go beyond painting. Brenda Pressel, born October 4, 1986, is a Miami-based artist who started with a hip-hop painting series. Brenda is currently working on new series of paintings entitled La Paso, the new series focuses on the beauty of women. Pressel studied illustration at Ringling College of Art and Design with a BA in art education at FIU and is currently teaching art to grades seven through 12 full time at a charter school in Miami, Florida. She credits her education for basic technical experience, but feels that only in breaking some of the traditional methods she was taught and experimenting on her own did she develop the confidence, unique voice, and style she continues to expand upon today. Let's hear from Brenda. I am getting to talk with Brenda Pressel and I am excited to hear from you, hear about your amazing artwork, but also your teaching. I like to start with the background just so we have a sense of who you are, what are you doing, and then I also like to frame it as how did you get to where you are with both art and teaching.
1: Okay. Hi, I'm Brenda Priscilla. I'm currently teaching middle school and high school. And at first, I did not want to teach. I had an art professor tell me that teaching is for like professional artists rejects. Oh. That, <laughs> yeah, I said that they, you know, for the ones that couldn't make it in the art world or couldn't get into an expensive art school, they would go to a state university and they would teach. Mm -hmm. And like, he terrified me because teaching art was one of like the, you know, something on the list as a creative that would give me like some type of job and income. Mm -hmm. And that's what he said. He kind of made me push for, ready, made me push to become a professional artist, a freelance artist, illustrator. And that's what I was going for. But there's a lot of challenges along the way, especially with how expensive art school can be. And just like, not even if you're talented, doesn't mean that you'll be a successful artist. So I have right. to learn a lot of that. And in between some of my education, I became a freelance artist and a well-rounded artist with different art mediums. And I got a lot of opportunities to make money freelancing. And I figured that's what I really wanted to do. And I wanted to create my own body of work and exhibit and sell work but I need a job that is still in the arts <laughs> and I can still be creative. And, you know, at that point, I have to really think, I, I was a lot older, so I have to really think about what my teacher said to me and how what a teacher says can really change the way someone thinks about things and the impact that it mm-hmm. makes. So yeah. I try to be very careful when I'm speaking to my students, especially giving advice like Going to art, something that's life-changing advice. You don't want them to make the wrong decisions, but you want to give them the reality of what or what it is to be a creative person.
0: Yeah, that's so important and so frustrating to hear <laughs> from your teacher, like crushing your dreams there.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and he's teaching himself and he's saying this. It's like <laughs> Right. Yeah. There's, I mean, I feel like there's definitely so much wrapped up in that, so much like he was probably feeling a lot of frustration and like maybe regret about, you know, what he's done. And then, so how do you, you're now teaching middle school and high school. How do you kind of handle that with students?
1: I have students that like like students I try to compare I try to put myself in their position in terms mm-hmm. of when I was a student and how students operate but these students are a lot different than, <laughs> than when I was <laughs> in school because like they're athletes and they're artists
2: mm-hmm. and
1: like they're doing good academically and they're artists when I was an art student like you were into art students that were into sports they were into sports it was very separate but the mm-hmm. students kind of like are well-rounded and everything, and they have access to information. Oftentimes, I'm introducing the artists; they went to, they saw the work in person already, or, yeah. or they know more historically. I'm not really into art history as much. So I don't have a lot of background information. Like I'm getting the research, and I'm on the surface. So they Mm -hmm. would sometimes they would know more than me. So I have to include their experience, their knowledge into it. And in terms of art school, I don't have a lot of students that actually want to go to art school. They're more unsure if they want to go. And we have Mm -hmm. there's so many platforms available and opportunities without art school that like you know they can just click, take their phone, and they can see. So many great things happening, and artists that are successful without any formal education. So I tell them that you know you have to really think about what what do you want
2: mm-hmm. because
1: art school is like it's really it, it motivates you, it builds connections because you need to build that connection with your with like peers and to be able to get opportunities. So what do you want to do? You have to research it, and they and it's, it's so it's like they're so innocent; they kind of don't know. They want me to tell them, and I can't really tell. I can't tell you, you know, like. And so many different routes to take. So I, I kind of let them explore and do the research.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And it is crazy how much like information they have accessible right
2: now. Uh
0: and it makes it hard to teach.
1: It mm-hmm. makes it hard to teach and it makes it hard for them to be creative. Cause like I have like a basic Picasso kind of lesson. I knew they would go online and describe someone else's version of it. So mm-hmm. I, I kind of narrow it down to okay, we're gonna look at the example on the screen, I'm giving you the handout. And this is what you're going to use to create your own cubism style without looking at anything. So they're kind of like, what do
0: we do? <laughs> <laughs> right. It gets to the point where they're like lost without that technology. Uh,
1: and I, I've yeah. learned how to, how to become inspired by other artists' work and still create original work. So mm-hmm. I came up with this, like, I call it the creative blender. Mm-hmm. Where you're making a smoothie of an original art piece. So this is what I do. This activity with my advanced students. Like we started off doing it, but it's so hard for them to really stay focused on it. Where you grab like five pieces of artwork and you have to say what you like about each piece, and mm-hmm. you put every piece together in this like blender. And from all the from everything you like from each piece, you create your own piece. Like this piece here, I like the background. I like the way this artist used paint to create skin tones. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of this. And you kind of create your own artwork based on all the things you like. So Mm -hmm. I do that with my work. And it helped me a lot instead of creating something and kind of like taking
2: it. So
0: yeah, no, that's great. I love that. Yeah, I was just I was trying to write lessons for really little like K through two, but thinking almost of the same idea, like a remix, like what do you do? How can you combine a few different artworks? But I love this idea of like, okay, find your, you know, your favorite part of it. And maybe that's the color or the texture or like a specific section of it or the idea behind it. And like, bring those all together into your own work.
1: Oftentimes they don't necessarily like want to steal the work. They, just don't, they don't know exactly mm-hmm. what exactly they like about it that you can capture and put into your right. work. So I, I try to get them to like a lot of things that I've done in my work and my like just experience, I, I bring it to my classroom.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it makes everything a lot more real. Like I tell them, okay, this lesson came from my experience when I met this artist and I didn't know about him. Like there's a graffiti artist, Say Adams, that I've, I've mm-hmm. met him in person. And he came to visit my, my college when I went to Ringling. And so every year I'll do a lesson about him and I have a picture with him. So it makes it look like, oh, my art teacher, she knows artists <laughs> that I like famous or something like that. So they, they kind of like really listen to those kind of stories.
0: Yeah. And do they get excited about that? They're like,
1: what? You've met him. <laughs> Yeah, they get they get excited about that, or if I tell them, Oh, I made money with this piece and that piece. And I didn't I didn't hear about artists. My art teachers weren't really doing stuff like that, where mm. they're telling students, hey, I made money from this before. You can make money too. So that right. kind of like so they that don't really pay attention when they hear anything about like oh oh she sold something, they're kind of like, Okay, I'm paying attention now.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> that entrepreneurial spirit <laughs> coming through. They kind of have this think about like the school doesn't teach you what you
1: could take for your real life. So Mm -hmm. I try to bring in things that could really benefit them.
0: Yeah. And then, you know, I'm hearing you bringing in that experience as like, you talked about being a freelance artist for so long. I'm curious to hear more about that sort of like journey that you, so you were freelance, you were working for clients and like were you sort of graphic more graphic design type things, or were you doing like commissions? What did that look like for you?
1: <laughs> I was all over the place.
0: It yeah. really was.
1: It actually started off with fashion design at first.
0: Oh, cool. Ooh.
1: So I didn't have I didn't have a lot of like experience with formal education in terms of like measurements and patterns. So mm-hmm. I would mirror all the dresses. They were like tight, like you know, a club kind of like attire. <laughs> So if it was tight, it was easier for me to make it. Mm. So I would, I would buy the materials that are stretchy. So I would be able to make clothes really for anyone that was like a size, like a really smaller size. Mm. And things started to, I was like, so it's always more costume wear. I was really interested in costume wear. And I was mm. making clothes for mm. like something that like Lady Gaga would wear or something like that. Like,
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Amazing. And I would, I would have like fashion shows and I collaborated with other graphic design kind of, kind of like fashion. And we would, we had like a little group together, a screen printing studio. So it was, it was, it was fun, but things started to get serious. So people actually wanted to purchase clothes and it was like, okay, like if they look at it up close, they could see all the imperfections. And I I didn't, you know, I didn't, I I was, I was not able to create a size, a a size bigger and everything was custom pieces. You had to get into mass production. It was becoming something that like I had no knowledge about. Mm. So eventually I had to say, you know what? I'm going to narrow it down to like performance, performance clothes, like clothes you can wear performance. So then like just not having the the educational background it, I just went back into visual arts Mm. Yeah, but I still love it. I still want to get back into it just for fun, and then it got into like social media, just like it's everything. So mm, I would post yeah. pictures of stuff. I started off with celebrity, celebrity paintings, and then commission paintings, and then people wanted me to write books for them. So I was using colored pencils again, and I went back into painting murals, whatever. And it was also the the, the drive to kind of like making make some type of money
2: hmm.
1: So whenever yeah. I would take like a commission, even if I didn't know uh, how to do it much, I would try to learn how to do it. Okay. I was like, Give me some time and I'll show you some samples of what I can do.
0: Right. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. Just hearing, piecing it together. Like that's so real and being like, well, I got to pay the bills.
2: <laughs> like, <laughs> how
0: are we going to do this? <laughs> what else you know? Let's do some murals. Let's get some commissions in there. Like what else can we do? <laughs>
1: But the, the first year I definitely had to practice and have fun. So like mm-hmm. some of my students, they want to, they want to get commissions. They want to make the money, but then like, don't, if it's a job, you're not going to enjoy doing it. You want to have fun and show right. people what you can do that you like to do. Mm-hmm. Because you're only as good as your work.
0: Yeah. I love that too. So then I feel like you had almost like that. What is it? The Robert Frost poem of like the roads are diverging. <laughs> you had sort of like this choice of, well, maybe go back to school and get that formal education in fashion or, you know, go go back and, and become a teacher. Did you end up, you know, obviously you became a teacher, but did you end up going back to school and getting like an education degree to do that? Yes.
1: At first I was, it was I was an illustration major, but I didn't fully finish the entire degree. So I, I so I had to say, you know what, I'm, I'm coming back to Miami. I need to figure out what I'm going to do with my life. My mother was giving me pressure. She was like, you need to go to college for something. I said, okay, I'm going to take this year to figure out exactly what it is I want to do. And the fashion was a part of like the early journey of that. And that's mm-hmm. when that, that whole full year was dedicated to like creating and really figuring out like how to get better as an artist as well and mm-hmm. not restrict myself to different things. And that's when I say, you know what, I, I want to be a teacher. I think teaching is a is. I was already teaching. The whole time, like I had to think about what, what was I already doing anyway, and that I was really good at because I had the experience and the practice with a lot of different art mediums. I call myself a super student because I was in—I I was I literally was in like college up until I was like. 28 years old <laughs> because i was trying to figure it out like i was at mm-hmm. art school for like a couple years i went to community college for art i went to state university for art so i was repeating a lot of classes and i also took opportunities with like if art institute or for a lot of dell had an art class i would pay like the ten dollars a session to go there and practice mm-hmm. something so i was like the perfect person to teach because i had i knew so much tricks and techniques and like, I was teaching my classmates when I was in college.
2: <laughs> right.
0: I love that. <laughs> you're like, I want to keep learning. <laughs> like, oh, amazing. So then you got your education degree. And did you start right away in at the like age levels you're with in high school
1: and um, middle school? Well, while I was in my last year, I wanted some experience. So there was a, there's somebody I saw on Indeed that posted a job opportunity where he was like the after-school program, teaching students how to create clay models. I thought it was really interesting. And it wasn't, it was not paying much, the hours were short, but I wanted that experience. And it Mm -hmm. taught me that I am not good with the little ones. It was really (laughs) rough. (laughs) It was really rough, but I wanted to have something on my resume that I had a lot of teaching experience. And I also like, you know, the field, uh, the field experience hours they give you like during the last year that, that also helped me experience elementary school, middle school and high school. So I wasn't sure if I wanted to get into the schooling like right away, but I saw a job opportunity. I said, all right, they're paying the teacher based salary for public schools. And I got hired the same day.
0: (laughs) Wow. Amazing.
1: (laughs) I came in. I came in with uh. pretty much a lot of things. I came in with a sculpture. I came in with like some lessons that I created. I came in with my personal artwork. Like the lady at the front desk had to help me carry everything over to the principal's, to the principal's office. And I saw the other two guys in the waiting room. They came empty-handed. I was saying to myself, "How do you come to an art interview, an art job, if nothing, nothing to show?" Mm. So she was like, "You're my favorite so far." And I didn't even drive all the way home. And she called me and said, like, I really want, I really want to hire you. Do you um, want to work in school? So it was wow. like, it was really nice to see how that happened.
0: Yeah. And I feel like that there's some really good advice there for people. You know, if there's listeners who are education students or like, you know, trying to get that land, that first job, don't come empty handed. <laughs> Yeah, and going and getting a degree in
1: art education does help. Versus, so there's there's you can you can have a degree in like painting and become an art teacher, but the mm-hmm. art education degree really helps us understand how to present yourself in the interview, how to create lessons that are that mm-hmm. are unique to. Because so I always like the teachers that would come in. Okay, I went to China. And this is the artist that I met while I was in China. And this is artwork that is exclusive to this part of China. I really, i always always admired teachers that like traveled and would bring those things to the classroom and mm-hmm. give the students that experience, especially for students that was like me, that like I never had an opportunity to travel. So like to get that experience, I really like that part.
0: <laughs> yeah, like sharing that back with students. Yes. Yeah. And I feel like maybe now just thinking, Back to that that interview experience, like maybe now it's more of like a digital portfolio that you would be able to share, or even like like a book of your artwork. Like I love the idea of bringing in these originals and having here's the sculpture and here's the painting. It's
2: not the same. It's not the it's same. It's not experience. quite
0: the same. Yeah, you're right.
1: Because I had to tell them, I said this sculpture is like literally handmade, and you could look. And I showed them like the back part. Where you could literally see like my hand impressions and everything inside, mm-hmm. of it. and they were like,
2: <laughs> "Yeah, they were fascinated."
1: I walked out of there saying that I, I have to get this. I, I know I got this job. There's no way.
0: Yeah, and you did. <laughs> like they were like it's right away. We need you.
2: It's been uh, three years so far.
0: Awesome. And you're, how has that been? I guess that's been a little bit wild the last couple years, right? (laughs) Yeah. How is it going now? The students are still, you know, they need a lot of motivation and
1: I'm struggling with talented students that I know that could really, really produce strong work. And sometimes they hold back. So I've been talking Mm -hmm. to my counselors about it and like just showcasing work. They get super shy about certain things. And then like, Mm -hmm. if you can do this, you can do this. And they don't have the confidence to kind of say, okay, I can't do that. That's how I say, I know you can do it. Like, I see what you did, just did. Why don't Mm -hmm. you like create, create this work? So when they see a larger scale paper or is a little bit more advanced, they they don't want, they don't want something that's uncomfortable. Like, I'm good Mm -hmm. at this. I want to stay here. I don't want to get introduced to anything new. I'm not good at it. So that communication and like, just the way that I'm like presenting something that's challenging to a certain student that I know that's really talented, I'm still learning how to do that.
0: Yeah. Well, how do you like when you kind of push yourself? How do you like how do you challenge yourself and push yourself into those new kind of almost like scary <laughs> scary moments?
1: <laughs> I actually really enjoy a challenge. Like right mm. now, my new pieces, I kind of want to get out of just like things just in a in a canvas in that tightness of a canvas square. So yeah. I have this ice cream I just finished it. So I'm showing you some artwork.
0: Ooh. <laughs> where like, I'll have to share pictures <laughs> of it too. <laughs>
1: and you can arrange Ooh. it like how you want to arrange it. Versus everything is like here in a canvas in this geometric shape. So yeah. I'm looking into gluing things and kind of like allowing the subjects to leave the canvas in some type of three-dimensional space where it's just not they're confined to this like square.
2: It's yeah. hard
1: to find circle canvases too. I got a few here. <laughs>
0: it is. Oh man. Yeah. I've been playing around with some shapes lately too. And it's, it makes it tricky. It makes it like so much more expensive too. Cause you can't just get the cheap off the shelf, you know, canvases or panels or whatever.
1: <laughs> and there's artists that cut wood. And I know that's going to be mm-hmm. a lot for me to get, to get into that. So, yeah. <laughs> so I'm figuring that out. And like that whole, that whole process is like just fun.
2: Mm -hmm. so I try to explain
1: that to the students
2: yeah like Mm -hmm. to have
1: fun and explore your possibilities so I like I have to have this conversation a lot (laughs) yeah so they're like oh I don't want to do that I want to do this or like I'm good at this I'm gonna stick to that it's like you're still young it's so much so much more life coming for you like why do you want to limit yourself right now
0: (laughs) right like push yourself yeah I it is so hard to figure out how to So like how to convince students to do that stuff and to kind of be okay with it. Yeah.
1: I'm fine with motivating myself, inspiring myself. Mm -hmm. I have moments like they would ask me, oh, do you have times where you're frustrated and like you want to like kind of like give up? I I have them, but they don't last that long
2: because Mm -hmm.
1: I really, really love being a creative and like long projects. I really, really enjoy them. Like when things are frustrating, I work on two pieces at the same time. So I don't usually paint like a small palette and like I was working on a piece with just like black, it's a black and white painting and my values was a bit off. I think things were too dark or either too light and I was struggling with it and the portions of the face started to like distort a little bit. So I took a break from it and I also look at it, like I'll hang it up on the wall and say, you know what, I'm going to take a look at this over and over again or take a break from not looking at it and look at it again and then you come in with a fresh eye and then you see, okay things are you know and it's like that's just something that's natural to me so I tell them that and sometimes it doesn't doesn't work out they are just like just say you know what I'm done with this and I'll say mm-hmm. you know I have to accept
0: yeah like that's okay sometimes there's paintings that you just like turn around and you're like nope this one needs to get out of my life for a little while <laughs> like, maybe it'll maybe I'll come back to it or maybe I'll just gesso over the whole thing and <laughs> redo it <laughs>
1: And I have gessoed over over a pieces and I had friends, that I was like, what happened to that piece that you did? of I was like, I gessoed um, over it, away from free. I don't want to see it.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. But that is, you know, bringing that experience that you're, you know, you're going through this in your own practice and then being able to share that with students from such a like real, like such an authentic place, I think is really helpful for them. Yeah,
1: and it started off like when I was showing them artwork. Some, some of them didn't take it well. They were like, "Oh, she's trying to show off to us that the type of artist that she is." Like my first year was really rough mm-hmm. when I was trying to communicate. You know, they, they had a different art teacher, and she, from my understanding, was not teaching a lot of like art fundamentals and a building skill level, especially when it comes to like more like naturalism. So when I came in Mm. and we were doing the still life, they were like still life. This lady trying to teach us like we're in college. So I was having a rough time with just like communicating with the students and being a new teacher. Mm. And I was kind of also feeling like maybe you know, this is a predominantly Cuban Hispanic school. So Mm. I'm coming in as African American in this school where like I don't really maybe there might be some language barriers and their teacher was probably more somebody they could relate to. So I was like having a rough time and figuring things out and just trying to build my position. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a little bit over that part, but it's still a struggle with like, you know, what I mentioned to you before and anime, they really love anime a lot.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so how, how do we learn? How do we learn to figure, how do we learn how to draw humans the way they would look? If like we, I have this issue here. Like, how do I how do I get the students to understand that you want to learn anatomy and you want to learn portraits before you get into to the anime,
2: right? <laughs> and how yeah. how do you
1: create an, an, an original anime, you know? Because I had to even learn about just learn a little bit about it and had to, you know, what let me allow them to include it into the work. We're like, working on perspective two-point perspective house I said this is an opportunity where you can add the anime in the windows the characters in the windows so they can learn something and still have fun and I feel like you know I don't want to do this I want to do it I want to do that I'm enjoying
2: Mm.
0: yeah and I feel like you know you talk about trying to connect kind of like cross these cultural barriers that may exist and I feel like that's one part of it is you know realizing oh they have this like really intense interest in anime what can I as a teacher learn about that and how can I kind of like bring that in along with what I'm trying to share with them I think that's a really good step in there yeah they
1: like the, like the first year when I was like you know I kind of said certain things that I regret about like just anime and I didn't think that you know I would hurt their feelings Mm. But I actually did. So <laughs> I have to kind of yeah. understand that, like, there's, they are lots more sensitive than, you know, when I was in school and my mm. peers, I like, would make fun of each other all the time. And <laughs> it was just something that everybody got made fun of. It was a fun thing, but they're really sensitive. They're really, really sensitive to their work even. So mm. sometimes I'm a little pushy and I have to hold back and say, you know what? She just, she doesn't want to do it right now. Let's, I'll try again with maybe a different approach or a different mm-hmm. lesson.
0: Yeah. And even, I mean, maybe this is more of like an elementary school thing, but we have like the critique sandwich where it's like compliments, like this is all fantastic. Here's one thing you might change. And this is also fantastic, <laughs> like, you know, kind of cou- couching it in, you know, the positives because they can't, it can be really hard, especially if you're not used to critique or, you know, being told like, these are these are challenges for you or these are like things you could push harder it can be really hard for them and I mean that age is like they're Especially so
1: sensitive. <laughs> like when I have to say hey you know I don't want I don't want you to do the whole thing again but why don't you just change or include the background like and then painting they want to paint but then like Painting skills are really low. This is for my AP art class that I'm teaching Mm. and that, you know, we're a small group, but like sometimes they're kind of like, you know, distracted a lot and they're working Mm. a little So I'm kind of motivate them and tell them, Hey, you know, let's just change things around. Don't destroy things when you feel like giving up on it. Don't throw it away. I can save it for you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We could cut it out and move it to another location. Like it doesn't have to stay here.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. Like learning all of those tricks that, yeah, you don't have to just like scrap the whole thing. (laughs) Yeah. And then You know, I'd love to get more into your artwork. I know, you know, you talked about like the shapes that you're working with and trying to kind of expand beyond just this like square canvas. I love how you're piecing these things together, but I also saw that you shared on Instagram the work that you did as part of Miami Art Basel, which was really cool. And I feel like, you know, I'm making a connection there because I saw that there's I'm going to call it a mural. I don't know if it was like wallpaper first, and then sort of it almost looks like a hung painting that's kind of crooked, but I think that's all painted, right? It's like a combination.
1: It, it, it's a lot of mixed media involved and mm-hmm. I have to, I had definitely had a creative, uh, one of my close friends that really, really helped me with the whole process. because We only had a
2: week mm.
1: to complete a 3D space. So their wow. organization called, called Color of Change and do a lot of activism around mm-hmm. just like police brutality and everything that has to do a lot with just like the Black culture and their justice justice system. So they they do a lot of like events and things like that. So they came to Miami for Art Basel and they got a space and they commissioned artists to create different safe space for like the Black communities. So Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know which one I'm going to get, but I hope it's not anything hard. So I chose the Black family Mm. and that's that's what like that's that's what I had to create something around that and the dimensions were not as small as I wanted them to be so it was a a, a lot of challenges with only a week six thousand dollars and including the six thousand was it was also money to spend on materials so I have to figure out okay how to not spend so much on materials and everything is trial and error. I've never created a 3D space. I'm only 5'3". I'm afraid of heights. Oh. How do I get up on a ladder? How do I get up on a ladder to create this space? So collaborating with someone else that I had a lot of confidence in creatively and I knew that like he would definitely deliver with me together. We had cl- clashing moments, you know, I was fast
2: food yeah. for that week. Uh.
1: <laughs> So that experience really helped me understand how to utilize other materials outside of just paint to create something three dimensional. So there is there's one of the family piece that you talked about where like I painted on cardboard and we wanted the family to kind of like lift off of the wall.
2: So oh, we had some cool.
1: painted them on cardboard and. Kind of like put them in layers where like there's like we created like these block pieces with cardboard so that mm-hmm. they can kind of like levitate over each other we wanted a family in their natural setting like a traditional family that everybody wants like a, a boy and a girl both parents together in the household mm-hmm. interact everyone's like you know doing their own thing but they're there together as a family now i wanted mm-hmm. to leave enough space to where like people want this instagram thing so for social media to where anyone can come in and step into the frame and become a part of the family and mm-hmm. take a picture. And we, I, so I trying to kind of figure out how to adjust it to where it is still some type of timeline to where the two hands to the left, you fall in love. So there's a painting of two hands and then the family. And then at the end, you know, everyone wants to get married for the most part and have a family. So there's a baby there. We want to create a 3d space. All right. So we're going to paint this the baby and we're gonna put this baby in like this bassinet thing that is three-dimensional. We have to literally stuff mm-hmm. it with cotton. We didn't know if it was mm-hmm. gonna work out or not. So everything you had the idea and there were several other ideas like we we're gonna get furniture and have the family actually sit in a living room setting wanted to pay homage to, like, b- Black family sitcoms.
2: <laughs> yeah. So we
1: wanted to have the good, let's let's recreate the good time scene. So that didn't work out. So, you know, there were so many trial and errors with the time space that we have. Okay, we have to think about what, what's going to work, and what's going to work to where we're not losing money on materials. So having that pressure and having that amount of money and figuring out how to make those things work out, is a lot to do with. Like, there were times when me and my friend had to, like, had arguments and he was like not talking to me and i was like we don't have time to fight we only have a week because <laughs> I had to understand I had to understand like you know when you're working with someone you have to take their creativity into consideration and that was the issue that he was having with me because I'm so used to working alone that I was kind of like well that's not gonna work I don't think it's gonna work and he's like oh he's just gonna shut down my idea completely <laughs> mm. at the end everything worked out but I also learned, like, you know, with a large space, you need to invest into a projector. Like,
2: this is mm-hmm. not
1: like painting with a canvas and you could just use tracing paper or freehand things. And, it, and like, we had another artist that was beside us. He knocked out his mural. He had the projector you know, he kind of had everything planned ahead of time. So at at some point he kind of helped us project like the baby painting was projected first and we had to draw over a projection. So I had to learn, like, if you want to work with large scale, you have to be ready for the large scale and figure out how to move accordingly. It kind of made me and my friend want to think about using the spray can and like creating artwork with like the the aerosol cans and figuring out how to create artwork with that. It's like, if you're getting into this mural, this mural situation, you just, with the paintbrush alone, it's not gonna get you far.
0: Mm-hmm. It takes forever. <laughs> yeah.
1: At some point, I was using my hand to blend. The uh, brush is cutting.
0: <laughs> amazing. There's so many like lessons in there too, just learning to work together. And <laughs> I probably watched too many of those like home decorating like contest shows. <laughs> I watched the cooking one. So I related, it's it to, so, yeah. I related
2: it to that. Mm hmm.
0: It totally reminded me of that. It's like, you have a week, you're transforming this space, <laughs> working together. Here's your budget, like, go for it. And there's exactly arguing exactly and like yeah, and like the budget stretched and you're just, you know, working late hours and yeah, that's.
1: And I had school around the time. Like, uh, so it was, it was during, we had the time frame to meet the deadline for December 1st, but school already had to start. So I had like three extra days. That was like, I went from, I went from school straight over to Winwood.
0: Wow. <laughs> so you're teaching all day and then going and like painting all night.
2: <laughs> it was really rough.
0: Wow. But then that, you know, I feel like that's an amazing thing to have, like to have it on your resume and to have those connections. And then also those experiences of, like now you know so much more for the next time you get a project like this and the next mural you do.
2: Yes, yeah. definitely.
1: Like, well, as far as like what material can be used to do this, what material is realistic for you to really accomplish what you need to accomplish?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Especially when you don't have that, when you don't have like a wood shop, like what do you gonna do? How are you going to create something?
0: Right. Yeah. Maybe that's your next big, your next big investment is like trying to figure out a mini wood shop setup so you can cut your own
2: shapes
0: (laughs) (laughs) or I wonder if there's like a community wood shop somewhere maybe
1: when I think of something like that I know they exist because artists Mm -hmm. need that so I have I've seen a couple of artists on Instagram cutting wood and curving the pieces and everything they're doing it somewhere
0: yeah (laughs) yeah like I know yeah there's stuff like that out there Now you've got me. I'm gonna have to like write down. Find Miami Woodshop. Shop. No, yeah, we, um, we definitely have one at FIU, and I remember mm-hmm. seeing them
1: cut. where they literally have it there at FIU, but I'm not mm-hmm. a student there anymore. And like just to travel, like it's like oh, like 20 miles away.
0: Yeah. To
1: get into in that, the way for a lot. summer vacation. Yeah, the way for another summer right. break.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that makes me think too. It's always it's always interesting to hear just how people kind of fit it all. In So for this project, you talked about, you know, teaching all day, going and like working on the project every day after school and like into the late hours. What's your kind of usual, like when you're not in the middle of a big project like that, how do you normally kind of fit in painting and making art and all the business side of it, too, along business, with your full time teaching?
1: The business, as far as like what having to, be, I definitely have to say that it definitely took a toll on my art mm. the first year. I was barely painting anything and like I get more motivated. I hate to say it with the commission to stay up late and kind of get things done. So I had to say to myself, you know what, you can stay, you can, you can like sacrifice that extra hour of sleep with the commission paintings. Like when I have a commission, I have a deadline every night if it's like 30 minutes, 40 minutes, mm-hmm. I'm gonna meet that deadline. I had to figure out why am I not motivated as much my personal art will kind of like sit around on the easel mm-hmm. until the weekend. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I would bring my commissions to school, like during downtime, during lunch, I'm paying the commission during lunchtime. Mm. I'm doing that. It's like, so I have to really think back and say, Hey, you know, you need to have that same energy and that same dedication and motivation for your personal work. So Mm. I'm exploring more possibilities with that. Like bringing my artwork to school. If I have to, Like I have some students that want to stay after school to work on their work. So that's the perfect time for me to Add in that one extra hour and mm. create artwork. That I have my personal series of works, and also like even if I tell my students this, so I have to apply that as well. Even if it's like thirty minutes a day, like thirty minutes in the evening before you before you go to sleep, to just pick up the brush and keep the setup there. Like my whole entire living room is already is an art studio as is, <laughs> so, so I have everything set up. Even I'm just gonna like touch up on it put a timer on and like Mm -hmm. make every day an art day Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know for the longer days like Fridays and Saturdays you can really stay up longer and just complete peace and like it's a rewarding experience when when you know that I'm teaching and even during like the the art about experience I was recording and documenting everything on my school's Instagram page and allowing them to see like the whole process and everything that was going on that's great (laughs)
2: Uh, yeah, so they're, that's,
1: actually, they're really they're really excited about it
0: yeah it must be so inspiring for the students too like I know I've heard students be kind of amazed like my teacher's an actual artist <laughs> it's like they don't believe you can do what you're teaching
1: <laughs> oftentimes like you know I hate to say it but I, I when I had the educational art classes they were, there were like one of my classmates, they're, go- they're going into our teaching. I was like, oh my goodness, like what kind of teacher is she really gonna be? She's not really practicing anything and mm-hmm. she's gonna rely on like a lot of a lot of like, oh, cause that's like, cause you can literally go online and find a lesson and find examples and kind of show the examples, but the students are not gonna connect if they don't see that you can do it. And I can create more original lessons because I'm creating, the, like, I'll create my version of it and you can like mirror the work off of what I'm creating. Mm-hmm. To kind of like helps so like we're working on like a, a two-point perspective house a 18 by 24 paper I selected a few students to do it and I'm happy I'm doing one at the same time
0: mm-hmm. yeah so they see your whole process yeah and like how you approach it and even how you like get through your own challenges or yeah yeah it's like so what do you they, do
1: they
2: would
0: like, what
1: do yeah. you do when you're, when you in this situation, like what do you do when you stuck with this mm-hmm. and like, okay, what do you do? Like, I want to throw this away. I say, don't throw it away. We're going to fix it. We're going to pat- patch this section up. with we'll paint. We're going to go back on top of it with this medium. It's going to turn into a mixed media assignment now, but we, we're going to finish it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it might end up being even cooler that way. Like when you combine a few different things. Yeah. So I'm just also kind of picturing you working in your living room late at night. <laughs> and you work mostly in acrylics. Yeah, right? so
1: mostly acrylic. Like I, I have like worked with pretty much all the materials. Like I did a lot of mm. oil painting in college. I mm-hmm. also had a year of like ceramics. And I really, really love ceramics. Mm. But I, I sadly I didn't learn pottery because I was so caught up with hand building. Mm-hmm. So I have about like about 5 I would say a bus of like a head and like the piece so i had a lot of like practice with that but mm-hmm. i would say like out of all the materials definitely acrylic is giving me the best results and i use acrylic mediums mm-hmm. and like kind of slow down my drying time and also to speed up my drying time but that's not my medium of choice a lot of artists tell me to go to go over the oils Oils is a lot better but i just don't like how much they cost and the bottles are always mm-hmm. so small And the convenience of it, the messiness, the cleaning. So
0: acrylics is
2: like where it is for me.
0: Yeah. Well, especially when, you know, you're talking about fitting it in and like, you know, even if it's just 30 minutes a day, I feel like with oils, that would be really tricky because you have, I mean, to some extent with acrylic, you also have to like set up your palette. You know, you can't really like leave it out. oh, Oh yeah. Do you have that? There's the like stay wet ones with the little like sponge thing. I ordered it for my students. I didn't really understand how to use it. It comes with that wet, that
1: yellow sponge thing, right? That stainless yeah. wet sponge. I need to go back and, and, read, and read it and see how to use it.
0: Yeah, I've used it before. And it, it was good for like, if you're working for a couple hours or something, you can, you basically have that wet sponge and then you have a paper that's also kind of like damp. And it just keeps the paint from drying out while you're working with it. But it wasn't like, you know, if I shut the lid, it would still dry out overnight. Um,
1: Eventually, like, yeah, it has to yeah. dry. I, I haven't yeah. used sponge, but I had the lid. And like, by the fourth day, it'll start to dry out. Like, mm. you know, I put the mediums on top. And I have, I have worked with, with oil and like some commissions just to, you know, see what the hype is. Because everyone's like telling me to leave <laughs> the acrylics. All my artist friends are like, are you
0: still painting with acrylics? You haven't (laughs) used oil yet. Uh, (laughs) But you're getting amazing results with your acrylics. They look, I mean, the work that you're sharing looks incredible. It looks like oil.
1: Like some people Mm -hmm. ask me, like, is it oils? So maybe I'm working a lot. Like I I was told that I'm working a lot harder. Mm. with blending the skin tone with acrylics. If I was using oils, I would have like speed through
2: everything. So
1: oh. I maybe mean, it's not mm. broken, don't fix it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of like where I'm at with it. But I don't mind I like, you know, having a few pieces on oils. Like I, I like different art mediums. And these days with, with my students, I've been using a lot of color pencils. So now mm. I actually invited color pencils into some of my artworks as well. And I didn't, I didn't really use color pencils much or color pencils and also oil pastels. So I'm experimenting with more dry medium so I can show them the possibilities. Cause oftentimes like, you know, we think that painting is like the hierarchy of all mediums. And it seems that way that everything's in painting, all the famous paintings and everyone's selling paintings. So the students want to paint, but it's like, let's go and they, let's go, let's use these dry mediums. Mm Let's use these oil pastels and create work that looks similar to paint. So we're not going to get these painting results right away. And you're going to get them a lot faster with these dry mediums. Mm -hmm. So I've been exploring like a lot of oil pastel pieces Mm -hmm. and just color pencils.
0: Yeah. Well, there's so much, I feel like there's a lot of drawing right now in contemporary art that there's a lot of artists working with, you know, colored pencils or oil pastels in really cool ways and like making large scale work or making work that, does look more like painting but using those materials that's fun <laughs> yeah and I feel like important to share with students
2: yeah
1: yeah so I've, been, I've been also showed them like some new pieces where I'm combining color pencils and and and, and, and ink pens a mm-hmm. pen and a color pencil combined together and this is what you're going to get our next right. lesson like when I'm thinking about a, a lesson to where I don't want to use paint I'm using the next lesson we have now where you are using a highlighter Ooh. the highlighters yeah. and pins
0: that's fun you can get lots of layering with that <laughs> that'll be cool to think about how like how the layers work and compare that to painting almost yeah <laughs> and
2: yeah.
0: then with your with your own work are you also like would you use paint and some of the dry media all in the same piece would you kind of like start with painting and then maybe draw over it a little bit
1: um, I have explored
0: I explored something like
1: that. So I, I've, I've been painting and stuff for so long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't explored it with my new pieces. Oh, you know what? I actually I actually added like gel ink pens. So I have mm-hmm. these other set of eyes. <laughs> I'm you a bunch of words. <laughs> I have these other set of eyes where mm-hmm. I added I added a gel ink oh, pen. Yeah. And it gave me a nice effect. So and I also purchased some. There's like Liquitex has ink. It's literally ink. There's a gold it's one of the gold ones it's really really nice so i added some of it on the Mm -hmm. eyes to kind of allow it to shine a little bit so i'm including color pens into into the paintings now Mm -hmm. just to kind of have that writing feel and you have more flexibility maybe to write something even even if i want to maybe write some some writing possibly something like that or draw like Mm -hmm. i've been drawing on the leaves so i'm also struggling with backgrounds and, like with my students, that's something that they struggle with a lot as well how to use, how to put things in the background. Like, how do mm-hmm. you have the background become a supporting cast to this main subject, this main person in the front? So the mm-hmm. students are kind of like, you have to plan. <laughs> you know, use the sketchbook, yeah. plan out your yes. ideas before you go in and create the piece. So, working on yeah. that.
0: Yeah, that's so true. Do like thumbnail sketches and, even like the color color studies because that can make a huge difference, you
2: know. Oh yeah. I'm struggling
1: with that oftentimes as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm kind of working with the same color palette. And that's where I have to challenge myself because I'm typically using analogous colors, same kind of color palette. So I want to break out of something new to where the color palette is different maybe it's all cool colors or everything's like mm-hmm. low saturated and set in a different mood and a set in mm-hmm. a different like personality with the pieces and also original references. So I'm getting more in the habit of photographing people that I know and using them as my references mm-hmm. versus going online, looking up. I remember going online, looking for mother holding child on Google. And I'm like, mother holding child, mother holding child. They're not letting me get this one. Some copyrights here. I can't drag mm-hmm. this piece. this one one is too small. So I have to think like, I could just photograph somebody that I know holding a child and that's it. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And then you can plan out, like you can tell them what pose you want and even, you know, set up props and background and all of that stuff. That's so true. Uh, I'm loving just looking through your images and thank you. Yeah. And what you've been doing with combining different panels together something is really cool. New. And like, mm-hmm. I've been stuck as a portrait
1: artist and I've been too comfortable as a portrait artist. So i really want to expand like larger scale pieces and more of figurative paintings versus like my typical, I was keeping it a bit safe and I was doing, I was like, you know, getting a lot of success and doing really well with portraits. I really want to challenge myself and create something that's new and fresh.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah. I feel like that's also really inspiring and sort of good advice for people is like when you feel secure, maybe that's the time to like push out, continue challenging yourself into something new. Yeah. Um, Would you have other kind of advice you would give to artists trying to get into teaching or teachers trying to like make more of their own artwork?
1: Oh man. I have advice for both. <laughs> I wouldn't say, would say for teachers. It's like me personally, you know, I don't, I don't have any, you know, I don't have any major responsibilities to where like, cause it can be difficult a lot. So now I'm, I'm, also, I'm getting into fitness and having to meal prep and <laughs> thinking about my health and yeah. also having time for art. So time is, time is like everything and you have to prioritize. Mm. And like, if you know, you want it, like I get motivated by seeing other successful artists. It motivates Mm -hmm. me. Like I see other successful artists and like, I personally know them and they're doing so well, you know, we're chatting and they're like, I'm like, i get motivated by that. So the motivation is what you really, really need. You don't have the motivation. It's kind of like, it's a hobby kind of thing or like you do it Mm -hmm. on your spare time and have fun with the art. And like, think about why did you do this and for why did you teach in the first place? Yeah. (laughs) And the students, the students surprisingly motivate you because they'll tell you, hey, you know, what have you been working on? They'll ask me, have you been selling any paintings lately? And I'll say to myself, I haven't been selling any paintings. Mm. I haven't been doing anything. (laughs) So... (laughs) So I kind of, so that kind of puts me back into it because it's been yeah. times where like I haven't picked up a paintbrush or I haven't done anything. And I also tell like, you know, my, my students and I also think about it. So I can't paint every day. So why not I could get back into just like having a sketch pad beside my bed every night where I can start to draw something and maybe mm-hmm. that could spark up a new idea because you can be at times where you have like an artist block. Nothing's coming around. Start back drawing live artwork. Like during lunchtime, draw your lunch you know, yeah. um, lately I've also been into caricatures. So I've been drawing the students and kind of learning um, that different style. They love it. So like sometimes, oh, draw yeah. me. I'm, All right, everybody, everybody calms down. I'll draw some more students.
0: That's <laughs> great.
1: <laughs> so the students Definitely help with the motivation as far as students or like artists that inspire to teach like you have to have patience for sure because there's some rough times and students deal with a lot at home mm-hmm. and like I'm really getting to know that they're just not like they're teenagers especially my group they're dealing with like relationship issues self esteem issues so I have to be patient with them and mm-hmm. kind of understand why they're not performing or why not doing things I want do why are you upset with me I didn't really do anything to you so you have to have the patience mm-hmm. <laughs> and like you have to want to like. Want to see a growth in a person? Just have naturally. Like, do you like? Do you feel that you want to grow? Have give growth and inspire somebody, and you could change someone's life.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can have I, I would such say, an impact.
1: Yeah, and then the and then you're like, and you're also battling the internet, and you're battling TikTok. So mm-hmm. incorporate that into your classroom, and like the students, the students told me, "Get a TikTok. Where's your TikTok? You don't have one." It's like you see what the artists are doing on TikTok. Why you're not there? And I was like, mm. okay, I guess. <laughs> so, see what's out there on the internet. Because recently, which I was really, really happy to hear, that we had, I had to create like some lesson around Black History Month. So, I didn't want to go for a typical artist that is probably like everyone knows about already. So, I found this artist and I kind of Googled like Black artists to know in 2022 to kind of keep myself current. And I found mm. this artist and I could and rec- recreated his artwork with like a collage paper cutout but originally these pieces are painted. So like it was successful. Like all the students created the piece. They kind of got the idea of how I wanted them to be creative. And it was based off of like the black hair salons in Brooklyn and the artist kind of like went to different hair salons to create these pieces. So our principal was watching the new Sex in the City and she saw the artist and his pieces there. And she told me about it. And I was like, oh wow, some
0: really cool points. Amazing. <laughs> what was, who was that artist? His name is Derrick Adams. Oh yes,
1: he, he's done oh. other pieces. He had a floater series mm-hmm.
0: Did you see of, the, floater like, series? the pool, the pool, yeah, yeah, pools that's, that's and a- like
1: pool toys. I, I've talked about that with the students. That you know, he wanted to. He didn't want to create artwork based around like a lot of oppression. He wanted his artwork to be based on like black beauty and black joy. Because oftentimes yes. the students, they think of black art, they're thinking about like slavery and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to th- I wanted to introduce artists that his focus was not based on that kind of stuff when we get into Black history and just more art and beauty and celebration.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like there's, you know, there's a place for like Kara Walker and those really, you know, they're very moving and they're very deep, important pieces, but it's also like, yeah, the focus on joy <laughs> and hope <laughs> yeah, and like... Yeah.
1: Beauty. That art started, started off as, as that, like you think about Jacob Lawrence and that kind of artwork and then it kind of gets stuck in this box almost mm-hmm. all the time. Right. So, <laughs> so you can create, I, I also encourage my students to have diversity in their pieces. Like, like if you're going to have a lot of people in a group, why not add in other, other racial groups? Cause I personally, like, I'm very like proud to say that I can create skin tones of like pretty much every group and it allows me to have more commissions to where like a lot of my friends they're creating artwork based on just their skin tone and even my students mm-hmm. they don't really know how to diverse that like okay I've been painting this kind of skin tone I'm gonna paint this other skin tone so we actually have a skin tone lesson coming soon so yes. I'm trying to figure out how is that gonna work out what I'm trying to create different different skin tones so
0: yeah really like that's that great it. it's it's a really cool way to look at color theory too like yes. <laughs> just yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've done that with elementary where it's, you know, pretty basic because they're little, but just trying to like recreate their own skin tone and realizing that the whole class is starting with the same set of colors, but the colors we're going to end up with are all very different. Like there's this variety, but it all comes from this same, you know, red, yellow, blue, little bit of white, little bit of black, like all those, those colors. That's like all you need to make any skin tone. Yeah. And not supposed to get afraid. Like they want to just stick to like the
1: peaches or the skin tones. Like, you know, it's some green in there. There's blue. Right.
2: You gotta right. Look, for it. there. <laughs> look
1: at that. In there. Find those purples.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We do. I love that. Like going back and forth, the push with like complementary colors, being like, does it look too red? What's the opposite of red? Like you're gonna have to put green in there. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, that's really fun. And so important. I feel like I saw somebody, it's probably on Instagram the other day being like paint or draw or, you know, whatever your art form is, make people that don't look like you as well. Like don't only do the people that look like you, which I was like, oh, that's, you know, I need to take that advice too. <laughs> like I'm just, it's always me and my kid, <laughs> but yeah, that's a really good, a really important lesson for students. It provides me with a lot of opportunities.
1: Oftentimes like maybe you're at you're at this location where like you don't have that demographic there. And you wanna you want that because sometimes when you're like stuck in one type of artwork, like I have a, I have one of my students now, she's she was at first afraid to use color pencils. Now I got her to finally use them. So she's been doing a great job with these pet portraits. She actually sold a couple. So now she's saying that, you know what? I want to learn color pencils and get better at color pencils. I was like, you don't limit yourself to just color pencils at mm-hmm. your early stage. Why don't you go back to painting again and let's mm-hmm. let's start working with you. Let's get into figurative work. You know, I don't want to tell her that, you know, pet portraits are not rewarding or stop doing the pet portraits. Just keep exploring. You are still young, you want to stay a student always and challenge yourself. So I actually had to send her that send her that message today. Cause she was kind of like putting herself back in that box. And she tends to do that a lot. Hmm. And then she even kind of like stormed out of my room once, oh. you know, when I was giving, <laughs> when I was telling her about like, about. And I, sometimes I have a habit of touching the students work and maybe kind of showing them this is that is that, and they don't really like it. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: oftentimes I have to hold back on yep. like getting too involved or touching them and allowing them to make mistakes.
0: hmm yeah, that is so hard too. That's I feel like that's something you really have to learn as a teacher. You're like it's not mine, like <laughs> hands off. <laughs> Even with my my daughter like sh- you know, she's only 6, so she's little and she'll sometimes ask me to like draw something for her and I'm like I want this to be yours. Like you do it. I'll draw it on my paper and you can look, but yeah. Or then there's other times where I'm like trying to help her and she's like, stay away. This is, this is my thing.
1: <laughs> the first year I, I struggled with touching the students' work. I would walk around and say, I was, and, and it, it turned to like a fixed minds kind of thing.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: And I have to, I have to stop myself and say, you know what? I'm, I'm going to walk around with a, with a sheet of a, a, like some scrap sheets in my apron. I'm going to draw something and show it to them. Hey, this is how it should look versus touching the work and like they'll just sit there and like they'll they'll give you room (laughs) just like create everything they're gonna do there
0: yeah but then I feel like it's that old whatever that saying is of like you know give somebody fish and they'll eat today but like you have to teach them how to do it
2: yes exactly
0: yeah because if you just do it for them then like the next time the same challenge comes up they're like Come here, help me. Like I don't know how to do it. <laughs> and then creatively is always
1: tough. Like, oh, I don't know what to do. So, mm-hmm. so I want to allow because I read I read somewhere that those cookie cutter assignments, they don't work out well and they don't help yeah. students creatively or everybody's doing the same thing. And mm-hmm. I do it sometimes, especially if we're learning a new technique, we'll have the same artwork, but I always leave some type of room for some creativity. And they'll look at me and they'll some like especially students that are just there, you know, it's an elective class. They're not, they're, they're not taking anything in so they can use as far as their professional careers. they're like, mm. I don't know what to do. It's like, so think about, think about what you like to eat. Cause all, all of you guys like to eat snacks all day. <laughs> I would say let I, allow me to get to know you through this piece.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And use it, you know, especially for those students that like, don't plan on continuing art, like art's not their thing, but it can be a way for them to stretch their brains a little bit and like, think creatively, think outside the box you know, use those skills that can help them in whatever they go into. I try to bring up assignments that
1: like, maybe they wouldn't need to use. So I, one year I did a fashion design, fashion illustrations, and those were really fun. You know, they weren't realistic. They didn't have a face. So I kind of kept the traditional fashion Mm -hmm. illustrations and like everyone likes to dress up. So (laughs) everyone want to wear certain clothing and then I also have to deal with, you know, there's students that they don't want to constantly draw a woman. So I have to kind of like introduce male, because I tend to draw a lot of women and paint a lot of women subjects. So oftentimes when like I have an example, it's of a woman. Mm-hmm. So I have some students like, you know, I, I want to draw a man instead. And I was like, oh, you know what? I need to introduce more males, male. So, so sometimes like I'm learning a bit like I'm kind of like maybe too biased sometimes or Mm -hmm. i'm restricting just the stuff that i like so i want to change things around with that yeah
0: yeah that's so true teaching brings out like what are your own you know biases or interests like how are you influencing even like totally unintentionally because the fashion design like you typically think when you think fashion illustrations it's like it's usually women Women. yeah But there's so, room for men in there.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it does exist. And also on um, plus size models as well. They have plus size illustrations that I could have mm-hmm. recreated. So when I revisit the lesson again, this time around, I'm going to introduce those other options.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I love hearing that as just, you know, more, more advice to like constantly be changing that, you know, you talked even earlier about like maybe having some regrets, from the first year and just how you like handled working with students and kind of getting to know them and not letting that stop you not letting that like you know get you down just continuing to move forward like okay next time I'll do better next time I'll do this I'm going to switch it up like keep changing right now, I want to get like, I have a large classes.
1: Like, I have fourth and seven period. If everyone's here, everyone's present, it'll be like 38 students. Wow. 37 students. Ooh. So it could be really, really like, you know, it could, like, the first year was really hard. So I kind of like sit at everybody's table for like five minutes and kind of get to know the students and just have mm-hmm. a little conversation with them and kind of see, okay, this is my trouble table over here. I got to get this table out of tension. Maybe I have to move you around and maybe I have to mm-hmm. sit you over here and like, walk around and like I I, I saw a student student a couple months ago he's just really quiet he writes really small and I read somewhere that when you write really small it kind of means that something's going on so Mm -hmm. I called I called his parents and I wanted to know like you know is everything's okay with him and I found out that you know he had lost a sibling and so he's been a bit reserved so you know something Mm -hmm. like that like something could have yeah. been going on. Like, and I don't know, because oftentimes people tell me, oh, you know, this, this has happened to be, you know, you need to kind of understand the way they feel and make them know that I appreciate them. And I see them as humans yeah. <laughs> and not like a bunch of us kitties running around the classroom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. And that you notice those little things, you know, even if Even if that student didn't say anything about it, he, you know, if his parents said, you know, your teacher like was checking on you and she cares about you, you don't know how much that might've like impacted that student, you know, positively in a good way and just help them through that sort of hard, hard times, hard moments.
1: I can't imagine like at that age, having to deal with grief. I I can't can't
0: even take it now.
1: I like being that young and a lot of siblings. Oh man that's really hard. Yeah.
0: And just thinking about how much students have been through, especially these last couple of years, like how much loss there could have been. And Mm
1: -hmm. yeah. I had students cry on the screen because they just like frustrated with just uh, being home. And it's like, "I I can't help you. You know, we're in this situation. Mm-hmm. All I can all I can give you is tell you like the best like to you know look for it's like you know with like us being adults if we want to go to the grocery store with our mask on we can just go, but some parents were like you know what I don't want you to go anywhere you're just gonna stay home all right. day can't she couldn't even go outside to get a breath of fresh air like mm, so and having so seen her dealing with that and like you know I can't tell her to to run outside you know so yeah it was yeah. Really, really, really hard I really tried to be creative you know I had a guest artist. That I was so happy she pulled through and and, and kind of like spoke to the students, showed work and techniques. We had a really great mm-hmm. PowerPoint. The students really liked the guest artists at the end. We all had questions. I did like a live, live digital art where like all the students used like the, there, there's a part in the Zoom where you have like, I think it's a notepad or something. Oh, So we yeah. created artwork. Or like whiteboard. And, yeah, I didn't have, I didn't really have to think about what was I going to do. <laughs> we even had like a lesson where we recreated Andy Warhol's Ethel Skull 36 times <laughs> and we with like their phone apps. And that was fun. And then we put it all together in a grid and we talked about what apps we use or if we use a filter and figuring out how to make it work out. So I was doing the best, I was doing what I can with the virtual thing.
0: Yeah, that's amazing though. I love that. Do you feel like you'll keep using some of those tools, like some of the digital stuff you? got to
1: explore we have we we got tablets now I really what I really want to explore more in terms of like because I didn't like a lot of it to be honest so I'm trying to think Mm -hmm. about what exactly I still kept I did keep like critiquing with the artwork on the screen Mm. sometimes that helps I got better at (laughs) powerpoints (laughs) yeah Digital art, a lot of students have a lot of digital art background, So I ordered a few Apple pens and I'm trying to figure out like what's the best app to use or because we're still having mm-hmm. issues with the app. So we may have to just use like a notepad just to kind of like maybe maybe some still life sketches digitally or something like that. Mm-hmm. So for, so for students that maybe not are receiving the, the assignments too well, they, they would like the fact they can use their, their digital pen to draw something.
0: Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I know, like, I hear great things about Procreate, but I know that's not a free one. But Yeah, that's what I want to get. And, like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm having issues with it.
1: The, it. the IT guy in the school said something about, like, he would have to install it on all the tablets and, you know, the fee and everything. So I'm yeah. trying to figure out, like, you know, at least right now an alternative until we can figure what's the best way to do it. It's one of the best yeah. ones from what I, from the students told me.
0: Yeah, the one, the one that I used a little bit was called, I think it was called Sketchbook and was a free like drawing painting app that seemed similar. Like I haven't used Procreate, so I'm not sure what the differences are, (laughs) but that was a good free one that I liked a lot. Sketchbook? Yeah, Sketchbook. You ever
2: Um, heard
1: of Painter's Chorale was one that I used when I was in mm, art school? no. It, it, has, it has a lot of tools like there's spray painting there's like all the paintbrushes have different names i yeah. remember playing with that a little bit but my digital artwork was primarily on photoshop and mm-hmm. i would just change the opacity to kind of like <laughs> to kind of blend things like layers yeah, lay- yeah. So that's, how was, that's, I, that's how i was using it and i got in like a like success from that the process was super slow right <laughs> <to be gone.
2: laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, I got to play because we had to get a tablet for my daughter to do school online. So then, when she was not using it for school, I was like playing with the tablet, playing with the little pen, and <laughs> trying to learn how to use it. Yeah, but that stuff that can be really fun. And I feel like it's, it's a lot helpful. of creative work. A lot yeah. of artists
1: are like transferring over to having that under their belt, along right. with the other art medium that they mastered.
0: Yeah. And it's good. I mean, it's, it's, you know, this technology is good for kids to learn now. Like it's here to stay in there. <laughs> it's good to be like exploring that in their art classes.
1: Especially now that this whole new NFT thing is like something new and like students are bringing it up. People are talking about it. Like, Oh, you're an artist. Do you know about this? I did light research on the surface and it seems like it's a whole nother there's layers and layers of knowledge to know. So I kind of, so I stopped at the digital wallet <laughs> and I spoke to a few of my art friends about, it, and it's like, is this so much?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's complicated. My husband knows more about that stuff than I do. So he helped me create one, but I still, I don't understand exactly what <laughs> we had to do. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how I would actually sell it or like, what do you do with it? What's the point again? <laughs>
1: I had someone tell me to just wait until it's more like situated Mm -hmm. and then get to it. But then I hear 13 year olds making a million dollars. Like I want to get a part of this.
0: (laughs) Right. You're like, where am I in this? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, I have a couple of just kind of like fun wrap up questions. One, I feel like Maybe, maybe the answer to this is NFTs, but, or maybe it's something else. What are, what are you sort of curious about? Where's your curiosity taking you these days?
1: Oh, curious about, well, definitely be the NFTs. Yeah. I'm curious about the NFTs, and you know what? It will just be the NFTs. I can kind of think of something else. probably will come to me later, but it would definitely be the NFTs. I'm curious about that. Like, curious about where where is art going? You know, in the next couple next couple of years.
2: Mm-hmm. And I was
1: also speaking to one of my friends about maybe you know things are going to be oversaturated with the digital art, and things are going to go back to appreciating physical art. Because mm-hmm. I have a love for the physical art. I would rather see something in person right. than than anything digital. For
2: yeah. The most
0: part. Yeah. And like back to that interview experience, you're like, you've, you've got to see it. The real thing. Here it is. And then, okay. Fun little kind of silly question. What is your favorite food? Oh man. I'm, I'm
1: <laughs> such a person that loves
0: food. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's hard to narrow it down. <laughs> I would say I want to pick something that I don't always eat, but when I do mm-hmm. eat it, I really, really love it. Oxtail. Ooh. Yes. It is j- Jamaican style oxtail mm-hmm. with the brown sauce. Mm, yeah, I want to say my, not, not that, so that between that or shrimp so the shrimp anytime you add a shrimp to a dish everyone gets really excited like yeah. you might think oh, it's more than if it didn't
0: <laughs> amazing I love that oh and then is there anybody you'd want to give kind of like a shout out to or a thank you who's like helped you along the way
1: oh wow so many people I'm still looking for my art teacher that said the thing to me besides mm-hmm. that Besides that, he's always an amazing teacher and he's the teacher that really made an impact. And also my high school art teacher, mm-hmm. I don't even know if these people are like. I don't know, they didn't, they weren't that old, but like I don't know. Like I want to say John Kittner, he pretty much inspired me to teach. <laughs> and he really believed in me. And also mm-hmm. Ken Gregory, my high school art teacher, that you know always pushed me and gave me that tough love that I needed. Mm-hmm. So I wanna give, I want to give them a shout. And I also want to give a shout out to all my students. <laughs> yes. Hope you get a chance
0: to listen. So I love that. Yeah. And just hearing, you know, that you're, you're thinking of your teachers and now you're teaching and just, you know, all the teachers listening, just the impact that you can have is so, so much. It's so intense.
1: Yes. He was a great teacher, but I would never forget him telling me that. And I, and, it, right. and like, I respected him so much that like, when he said that, I was like, oh man, I definitely can't be a teacher. I don't want to be a, a reject like i want to make it in, as a professional artist and it mm-hmm. was also like he also had evidence and stories to back it so it wasn't mm-hmm. like he was saying it from like the top of his head he told me stories of like like a professional artist that didn't do well that failed they didn't get into art school and they had to just go to the state university community college and get their art degree and start teaching to take care of their families they never right. touched a paintbrush again but this was years mm-hmm. ago you know this was like yeah. in like 2004 <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, I also, I mean, I feel like it touches on, we talked a little bit about before we hit record, like my inspiration for this show and just this idea that there is this sort of divide between professional, like quote unquote professional artists, artists who are like respected in the field and doing their work full time, or, you know, often teaching at the college level, but like, Then the artists who are teaching at the K-12 level, like teaching younger students, there's just like this divide there and you don't get as much respect in the art world if you're teaching those younger ages, which I feel like then makes it harder to keep going and keep like, I am going to teach, but I'm also going to keep doing my art and also going to like keep pushing it as an artist and be like, be that professional artist. It is so hard. So yeah, kudos for you, like continuing and pushing through and doing such amazing work while teaching. Yeah. And then last thing, where can people connect with you? Where can people find you online? Definitely my
1: Instagram page with the ad key, B-R-E underscore 941. And you can see all my work. Then I also have Instagram page for my students' work as well. So I always want to showcase their work and see what they're doing.
0: I love that. And I will link to those as well. And then your website too is like linked through Instagram. Yes. Yeah. So I'll link to everything so you can go find Brenda's work. It is beautiful. And I just, I so appreciate hearing from you today. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy we finally got to do this. Yes. (laughs) I know. We've been talking about it for a while. Thank you so much for listening. As always, you can reach me at Teaching Artist Podcast on Instagram or TeachingArtistpodcast at gmail.com. Who do you want to hear from? Please share your recommendations of Teaching Artists. And if you loved this episode, please subscribe, leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts, and follow me. It really makes a big difference. Thank you.